Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac and Talk number 52 for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. I am your facilitator, Chanel Allen, and we are glad that you are joining us either live uh, now. Chanel? What? Are we doing a cloud recording or? Yes, this is Mac and Talk. This is being done to the cloud, which I have taken care but, of. Okay, so, oh, so we're not doing the local. No, we are not. Okay, that's all right. We return to our regular scheduled programming, regularly scheduled programming. All right. So Mac and Talk is a Q&A conference call for anyone with Mac questions, even before you're getting started and you're trying to consider if it's the right device for you. Or maybe you have a Mac and you're just getting started with voiceover and need some encouragement or some tips. Or you could be a longtime Mac user with a question about an app or a feature for whatever reason. I am glad that you are joining us now live or later on via the podcast recording. Before we get to the best part, your questions, I just want to let you know about some other really awesome things we have going on at iBug. And before I do that, though, there's always things I'm bound to forget because we have over, I think, 20 events per month. It's crazy. And the best way to keep up with all of that is to visit our website and social media. On the web, we can be found at iBugToday.com. It's a great place to go. Uh, You can register to become a member. Registration is free, as well as participating in any and all of our training and social events. There is no cost to you. Also on the website, you will find a link to an upcoming events, a list of upcoming events. Right now we just have October's, but November's will be posted soon. You can also find various links, including Mac and Talk, um, which will allow you to listen to previous recordings. Speaking of the Mac and Talk link, my contact info is listed there, as well as the subscription information for our Mac and Talk email discussion list. That's a great place to ask questions in between the calls. Moving on to our social media, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash iBugToday. And our announcements are posted there. In addition, many people ask questions in between our events. Uh, We talk about iOS and iDevices, so we have lots of questions about that. But anything, people share resources, and it is helpful. You can also find us on X and Instagram, at iBugToday. And I know our announcements are faithfully posted to those platforms as well. Moving on to podcasts. You can find us in any podcast app or smart speaker of choice. Just ask for iBug Buzz, iBug Macintalk, iBug Cafe, and iBug Apple Workshop. And there's more. We even have a YouTube channel. If you just go to youtube.com and look for iBug today, and some of us were talking about how you can use YouTube on your Mac uh, right before this call started, but look for iBug today and You will find uh, our previous workshops up there. You will also find playlists. And one of those playlists contains lessons from the previous Mac course. And as far as what's coming up this week, Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. Central, all things take place on the iBug Today Zoom unless noted otherwise, we have It's iBug's Life. And it's the topic is... um, getting out and about. It's basically talking about transportation um, and using that transportation. So 
That's from 7 to 9, facilitated by George Batiste. On Friday, iBug Night at the Virtual Movies, beginning at 7.15 with the pre-movie social and Michael's Argle Bargle. I just like that word. Anyway, so we have that at 7.15, followed by the movie at 8. And this week we are featuring The Wizard of Oz and a discussion follows. On Saturday, the iBug Apple Workshop. So that is Saturday the 28th from 2 to 4 p.m. And that's to talk about all the latest uh, news and rumors with Apple and our members. Some of our members will demonstrate their favorite apps. And the next Monday and every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m., we have iBug Buzz, and that is to talk about your iOS devices and all the accessories that go along with them pretty much um, anything we don't talk about on Mac and Talk is fair game for iBug Buzz. Well, unless it's Windows, which we don't talk about anywhere. Um, and then we have events in Clubhouse. I don't think we'll have any next week, but in general, the first and third Tuesdays are iBug Mac Buzz, and the second and fourth are iBug Mini Buzz, and those take place from 5 to 6 p.m. And there's a ton of other events, you know, if you want to know about our iBug Cafe, iBug Vila Book Club, iBug Trekkie Talk, iBug Unplugged, and probably others I'm not thinking of, iBug Android Insight, check our website. But right now, we are going to hear from you. So we'll go around the room, say who you are and where you're calling from, and let us know if you're joining us for the first time. Hi, it's Vanessa from Georgia. Vanessa, welcome. Thank you. Hi, it's this. Desi from Tennessee. Welcome, Desi. Herbie in Houston. Hello. Hello. It's Utah. Oh, okay. I heard somebody in Utah. I heard three of you. Um, did I hear Janet, Charlene, and who and else? Dar. Yeah, Dar. Me. Okay. <laughs> welcome. That's impressive. All of you. Joe from Moscow, Idaho. Welcome, Joe. Tammy from Connecticut. Hi, Tammy. Judy from Connecticut. Ah, oh, welcome, Judy. My Hello, friend. this is Raheel. Hello, Raheel. I'm Albany, New York. Currently have a MacBook Air 13-inch M2 chip 2022. Awesome. They're supposed to make 2023, but they don't. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So, um, yeah, glad you're here, though. Anyone else? This is Gail. Crystal in North Carolina. Okay. Crystal, welcome. And Gail, glad you could be here tonight, too. Thank you. Tammy from Toronto. Did I hear you say Tammy? Yes. Oh, great. Okay. We have two Tammies. Welcome. Dan from Southern California. Dan, welcome. Brad in rainy Dallas, Texas. All right. Welcome, Brad. And Jane from California. Jane, welcome. Mary Ellen Earl, Scottsdale, Arizona. Hi, Mary Ellen. Jeffrey in Oklahoma. Hi, Jeffrey. Ray from Maine. Hello, Ray.
All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, feel free, even if you haven't introduced yourself now, feel free to ask a question at any time. I don't think we had any new callers. I'm just looking at our list. Um, so who would like to us to get started with our first question? Raheel. Yes, Raheel. Um, number one is... I would like to know with Sonoma how to set up the time announcement on my Mac. And number two, I would like to know the history of the um, M1 and versus M2 uh, MacBook Air and how different the voiceover is with that and and things like that. And I don't know what my other question was that I brought up before. So Well, that's okay. So we will take your first question and then you can always um, ask later on um, once other people have had a turn. But your first question was, how do you set the time announcement on your Mac? Is anyone able to answer that for Raheel? And can you actually explain, because I don't think we've talked about this in my class. So Raheel, what is it that you mean by time announcement? This is Herbie. Oh, well, okay. Um, go ahead, Herbie. So I can even actually can explain the time announcement real quick. It's to, so you can have your Mac announce the time at the top of the hour, and you can also have it do on the quarter hour or the half hour or both. And the way you do it now is very different than where it used to be. Um, you need to go into the, um, the clock in the control center, I think is where they put it now. I believe you're right. Does anybody else? Um... Wait, Let's hold change. on. So where do I have to go once I get to the control center on the clock? Okay, so Jane, go ahead. Um, where is the clock in the control center? And I can, I mean, I customize my control center, so I don't even know <laughs> where I put mine. But um, where is it? And I didn't even see a clock in the control center. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Brad. Yes, Brad. Well, I'd go back to your original question, Raheel. What exactly is it that you want to do? I mean, do you want the computer to announce the time automatically on its own, or yes. do you want to know how to make it announce the time when you want it to announce, when you, you know, push a button or well, whatever? So, first of all, my Mac is saying, 1930 or 1919 instead of 719 p.m. or something is wrong with the time and also I want it to announce the time every hour. Okay. That would be kind of like where Herbie was talking about. You want I think the time you go into uh the settings system we call them now um system settings they used to be called system preferences. Same thing. Go into your system preferences. You can get to from a number of ways, from the Apple menu, or it's probably on the dock. I like the dock because you can then open a shortcut menu and choose your – go directly to your category, and you can type – I believe it's time and date. It's, uh, or is it date and time? Anyway, once you go in there, you get your choice of a number of things. Like Herbie was talking about, there's a setting in there to – if you wanted to announce the time on the hour, the half hour, the quarter hour, you can make it announce that on, on its own. There's also a way to adjust. Do you want to have 
Somehow yours is set to 24 hour time, uh, or you can change it to regular uh, AM PM time. And those are all going to be found in time and date under system settings, I believe. Yeah, because I know with Sonoma, it's a little different, right, Herbie? You said it was. This is Herbie. Oh, now, okay. I was, I was trying to talk. Uh, I was muted. All right. So, um, Herbie, go ahead, and then I have a comment. Yeah, the twenty-four hour time that I think is in date and time. I don't think that's in the other control, but no. yet. Um, but things are a little bit laid out differently in Sonoma for some things. Yes. So it's actually in. Um, it is like it is in the control center. So you go to uh, system settings like Brad said, and then you look for control center. And then there's something at the near the end called clock options. And in that you do set 24 hour time as well as controlling the time announcement. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, just go to your system settings and then go to control center and then look for clock at the end. All right. So who would like to ask our next question? This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. Something that might be of interest to people is there is going to be another Apple announcement the next Monday at 7 p.m. And right now, the theory is that it's going to be strictly Mac related. And the ah. email is saying that it'll be about the M3 Mac. So if you were thinking about purchasing a Mac, wait until next week and let's see what Apple announces. All right. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I don't think we know for sure what it is. What I have read is that it has to do with a 24-inch iMac. And uh, it's possible they might be announcing an M2 version of that, and the M3s may not be ready yet. So we really won't know until next, what is it, Monday evening. Yeah. For whatever reason, they're doing it. At five Pacific, like Kirby said, seven okay. PM Texas time. So that's weird. All right, we really don't know what it is. No mystery. We'll so this is you. Herbie. Yes, Herbie. Yeah. So on Mastodon earlier, nine to five Mac was saying because of like the Easter egg logo, um, or that had something to do with um Apple. So that's why mm -hmm. I was saying the rumor mill is saying that it's going to be strictly Mac related. So. I don't All know right. what the Easter egg logo has anything to do with anything, but uh, that's what 9to5Mac was saying. So and they're usually a pretty reliable source. So. All right. <coughs> well, very good. We will look forward to that. Um, Who would like is... to ask her? Yep. So this is Jane with a couple yes, of Jane. questions on Sonoma. <laughs> uh, for me, I know widgets aren't going to be gone forever, but... I, if I set a widget on my Mac, would it be transferred to my phone or do I have to do that independently? And every time I, I have to set this a couple of times, but I have my voiceover set uh, to automatically talk when I turn on my, my Mac, but some, sometimes it turns off by itself and I don't know I have to keep resetting the setting to keep it you know talking so that. what turns off that where it is comes up at login that part or it just randomly yes. oh that no. okay 
and I don't know how to. I had said it a couple times. It doesn't stick. Okay. So who can help uh, Jane? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Jane, are you on um, Sonoma? Are you still on Ventura? Sonoma. Okay. I haven't been experiencing since... Sonoma, that was a uh, ongoing problem with Ventura. It just didn't seem to stick. Uh, in in any either either way, you want to go to your system uh, system settings. You want to go to uh, what's it say? Log on. I always forget what they are. I know what they yeah, are. It's in lock screen. Lock, lock screen. screen. Thank you. I knew it was an L word. And yeah, if you'll navigate, go in there, navigate to that scroll area, go mm-hmm. all the way to the bottom, you see a button that says accessibility options. Click that button, interact with the uh, little dialogue that pops up, and the top item will be voiceover. You want to check that and then stop interacting, go down there to the apply or um Button. Done button. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Done. Apply. Done. Whatever. It's the button, and that should make your set that, that choice stick. Okay. And it sounds like though that it was it's not sticking for you. Is that what? Yeah, and so I mean that's fine. I'll keep going to those settings every time. I guess if it doesn't stick, but it used to do that in Ventura. It used to stick. Hmm. But it's okay. I mean, it's only my. It's only a silicone Mac, right? Um, what was the first part of your question? Widgets. I oh, widgets. Okay. Like widgets, but I guess they're here to stay. But if I set a widget on my Mac, can I transfer it to my phone? Does anyone know about widgets? Well, no, they don't work that way. Um, unfortunately, uh, you can, so you can have iPhone widgets show up on your Mac, but you still have to manually add them. You can't um, add a widget on your Mac and have it automatically show up on your phone. But who knows that they are trying to make more and more things in sync. So maybe one of these years they'll allow you to do that. But right now, no. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I haven't messed with this because uh, I'm not a big fan of widgets. But my understanding is if you make a widget from your iPhone show up on the desktop of your Mac, it's only there when your Mac is near to your – I mean, when yes. your iPhone is near to your Mac. Is that correct? Yes. Because it's a Bluetooth thing. And so if your phone's out of Bluetooth range, no yep. more widget. Okay. And don't they show up in Control Center? And you have to – drag them which is oh difficult God. to do with voice actually you know what i was trying and tr- and the solution was way simpler than okay good what is you it? can actually do it accessibly it's totally um and it's not it, it's you have to go into the notification center and then to widgets and edit um but then you find the widget and you um a VO command space on one of the previews, and then it'll say drag to desktop, and that's all you have to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> then do you actually drag, you know, the way we used to do with the Yeah, mouse no, down you don't command? do it, does it. It does it. You just tell it to put, 
drag to desktop means put it on the desktop. Yeah. And it'll just do it, it makes the dragging sound. Like it does make that sound, but it's okay, it's cool. doing it for you. It's you're not having Yeah, I was okay. trying all those old things that we used to do and that none of those worked. It was just the very simple um for a really good demo of that, have a look at Unmute Presents, their podcast in a couple weeks mm-hmm. back. Um, that's how I uh, saw, learned about what to do. All right. Great question. Who else? What's our next question? Desi. So Yes, Desi. You don't have to use widgets, though, right? No, you I've don't. Never used, I've never used one, and I don't intend to. No, <laughs> so. you don't have to. No, you not at all. I don't know. What is the big appeal to widgets? I don't. I guess I don't understand. Maybe if I thought they were wonderful, I would use them. But they're like little. I don't know. Previews of what so. You, so we, so you don't want to, like, for example, I don't want to open an app. I can look at the app, uh, the widget preview on my screen. So say, like, for Pedometer, my widget is there for my steps. But I don't have to open the app to look at it. Yep. Yeah, that's a good example. And and just remember, we do say our names before we talk, but it's oh, easy to forget. That's okay. Yeah, or my Dexcom um I, I have that. I don't always want to open the Dexcom app to know my blood sugar, but when the widget is on my screen, I can just kind of feel it right there or find it and know what it is. So, yeah, it's a quick glance. Some people have the weather widget, and so they can quickly see, you know, what the temperature is outside. So it's just a quick glance and oh, a bit yeah. of info. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Okay, thanks. This is yeah. Brad. So, yes, Brad. So do you navigate to the widget on your desktop then interact with it. You do, yes. And then VO right or left arrow to read yep. whatever inform, be it the weather or your Dexcom information or. Yep, you do. Okay. And I guess you have no idea where these things are. I would imagine they're put on the right hand side of the screen. Well, mine it seems to be before all my other stuff. Um, like if I go to my desktop now. I have, so it seems to be to the left of my, like ACB is my first alias, then I have weather. If I veal left, then veal left again, and I can't veal left any further. So Dexcom is there at the beginning, and then, um, but that's at least on mine. So I I don't know how it would appear on somebody else's. But How many things do you have on your desktop? I just have a bunch of A, let's see, I have a Dex, um, two widgets, and then I have... How about aliases? Five, seven aliases and one drive. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, who would like to ask our next question? Audio now unmuted. Raheel? Yes, Raheel. Raheel? Yes, Raheel, go ahead. So, um, 
So once you, um, I have to do this at the Apple store when I brought my uh, Mac, which is set up as, as new because I knew it was going to take about two hours to get everything transferred over. And then I had to get my full. How do you actually get your folders that you had on your old one back on your desktop? Or do you have to do the um, transfer thing that 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 it comes with? instead of setting it up as new or how does that work? Cause I do not, if I were needed to buy a new Mac, I just wouldn't want to stay at the store and set it up and then have to set it up as new. Or should I have people observe me at the store setting it up on my own? Like how, do, how would this work for setting it up when I uh, buy a new Mac in the future? Okay, so who wants to talk about setting up a new Mac and transferring things? And I'm talking about the um, folder, the folder that I had on my original to be on this one or the future one. Okay, Herbie, go ahead. So um, what I recommend is don't try to do anything with Time Machine or anything like that. What you want to do is use iCloud drive or a hard drive, external hard drive to back up your folder full of files. And then also you can back up your voiceover preferences and the voiceover utility under the file menu. And then you can go to your new Mac, plug either the hard drive in or log into your cloud service and wait for everything to sync up. And then you can import your voiceover preferences. And then the only thing you'll need to do is reinstall any external applications and uh, you should be good to go. Audio now unmuted. Thank you very much, Herbie. Um, is so I wouldn't have to do it at the at the store myself, right? I would have to do it when I yeah, when you can I do it right at home. Okay. Yeah, this is Brad. Yes, Brad. Yeah, going forward, learn to use stuff like iCloud, and don't store your stuff locally for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Setting up a new Mac is one of them, but the other is. Um, if the, if it's on your Mac and something happens to your Mac, you've lost it. But if you if you use iCloud and you know you might want to pay for two ninety nine a month to get two hundred gigabytes of iCloud storage and start keeping your um your your you know your documents and other, every a lot of other stuff will be just kind of wants to default to iCloud. Uh, there's other services as well, you know Dropbox. Is, I use them both for different things. But, um, I mean, you will have some local stuff. And like what Herbie's talking about, obviously, I assume you still have your old Mac. If you, It's worth buying a external uh, USB drive. Probably I would you know, get a one terabyte drive for not very much money. And then you go and w- copy your home folder from that old Mac. And now it's on the, uh, the external USB drive. And you can pl- then plug that drive in there. And then you can copy stuff from the home folder that's on the USB drive to your local home folder on the the new Mac. But as far as documents, data, you can even sync your desktop and, you know, documents folder that, you know, then it will by default be in iCloud drive. And then when the time comes to get a new Mac, really all you have to do is, um, as far as your documents and data, sign into iCloud uh, and it's just there. And what Herbie was talking about, though, is, uh, um, you know, you you may want to any any 
applications you got from the Apple, I mean the uh, Mac App Store, you can just go there, go to your purchases, and just go through the list and and just they'll re-download, reinstall them. Uh, and as far as anything else you got, like apps, like for example, Zoom. Zoom is not in the Mac App Store. You have to go to the Zoom website and download it. You just reinstall those and, um, you know, things of that nature. So it'll take you a little while, but I think starting up from from a clean a clean install, a clean setup is the best way to go because you leave behind all the the clutter and cache files and temp files and all kinds of other garbage that you don't even know is there uh, on the old Mac. I and I don't, you know, Audio now that's how I always do it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's better to start out fresh and then just, um, mm-hmm. you know, put in the files that you need when, so yeah, great but question. Another comment that I have, it's Rahil, um, uh-huh. is, or another question that I have is, um, once I trade in my Mac into the store, um, should I stay and observe them? clearing all my data off my other Mac because I still saw it in my um, account area under my iCloud when I I did that. Yes, Herbie. You should be deleting your Mac account before you even go into the Apple Store. Um, So you you need to make sure yourself that it's actually deleted so that when you trade it in, it's already back to its factory defaults. Right when I went into um, system settings on my name and iCloud and all that, I saw a MacBook Pro 13 inch on my iCloud yes. account. Yeah, I still see old computers in mine that are no longer in existence, and that is a whole confusing screen, and it just throws everything off when you try to mm-hmm. delete something. Okay, so I personally just don't even worry about it. Yes, Thank Brad. You. If you go into that section, Apple ID. You can sign out of your iCloud account. That's the first thing you do. And then forgive me, I can't remember where it is, but just like on your, it used to be much more difficult on a Mac, but now they have it set up. So it's like the iPhone. You can go and there is into a place, Herbie, for freshman where it is, because I haven't had to do it since it's existed, but Maybe there's I... reset and it will wipe your Mac and make it back to like it was on factory default. It used to be a much more difficult process than it is, but mm-hmm. you want to take care of all of that yourself before you take it into the store. That way you know. Why do you have to sign out of iCloud? Because that's why do you sign out of iCloud? Yeah. like I thought they do it right there. Um, buy a new Mac. Because you don't want, that's your identity. And you don't want to give someone a Mac that's signed in to your personal identity. Mm-hmm. And when you're not done with that Mac, that's the first thing I do, sign out of iCloud. That'll remove it from that list of all those devices. Okay. Then you go then you go into system um, settings, and we'll, we'll figure out where it is in a minute, and I'll tell you, uh, and find where it says reset. And that will wipe your Mac of... All the all the apps, it'll basically wipe the drive and make it the Mac like it was when it was brand new and someone turned it on for the very first time. Mm-hmm. But no, you do not ever give away yeah, do that yourself. Hand in, 
anything, your Mac, that's still, unless you sign out of iCloud first and don't depend on someone else to do it for you. Do it yourself. Okay. Thank you. It's Mary Ellen. Yes, Mary um, Ellen. I, I, I took a Mac Mini over in May to be recycled. It was a 2014 Mac Mini, and I didn't know how to do this. I did sign out of iCloud, and I asked the Apple representative, I said, what am I going to do? You know, how do I get rid of all this data? And he said, when it gets to the factory, they will take that hard drive out and you know, erase it and probably destroy it. So, I mean, that's that's what he told me. But yeah, I, I definitely, de- I had definitely signed out of my iCloud account before I left home. Right. I think though, you still, if at all possible, want to make sure you you because you don't know how scrupulous or not the person that's going to be erasing it is going to look at, I don't know. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Herbie. I was going to say the exact same thing. You don't want to take any unnecessary chances. So just, you know, you trust that they're being, you know, honest, but you know, any precautions you can take yourself, you're going to be much better off in the Indeed. long run. So. Yep, and as soon as Brad or somebody finds where we go to reset our Macs, by all means, interrupt and let us know, Um, because that's really important. So if you find it, um, in the right now, okay. Um, In the meantime, who would like to ask the next question? This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. I think I found it. Um, Oh. There is an option in the system settings. If you do the menu bar, the contact shortcut menu option called transfer and reset. I don't remember where it's at in the long way around the things, but if you do the system, there is a transfer and or reset option. So very good. Wonder if it's in general, but at least yes. Yeah, so that's the one way you get to it. You do VOD for your dock, SY for system settings, VO Shift M, and then you arrow down our first letter navigation to find it. I'm sorry, where'd where'd you find it? Did you go to transfer under transfer? Did you open the shortcut menu for the yes? Okay, and then there's I'm if sitting you here trying to type reset. reset, and that doesn't work. No, but do transfer and reset, and I think you'll find it there. And- and shortcut is where the Wi-Fi controls are, right? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, it's under general is actually where it is. And then there'll be a category under general. That's the way it is on your iPhone. Yep. They've done their best now to make system settings on the Mac sort of be similar to settings on a, on an iOS device. Yep. And this is Herbie. Under general. Yes, Herbie. To answer your question, Rahil, shortcut is the con- the context menu, your VO-Shift-M. So if you do your VO-Shift-M on like system preferences from the dock, it'll bring up a lot of the options without having to actually open it. Um, fun- your shortcut is like, you know, the control panel is what, control center is what you were thinking of, and that's like function C, and then function N is your notification center, so. Yeah. 
transfer or reset. That's it. And you want to do that. I mean, you give your computer, even though you've signed out of iCloud, you hand your computer, like Chanel said, you don't know how scrupulous, you know how honest they are. And there's all kinds of personal information that remains on your computer, even though you've signed out of iCloud. So, yeah, yeah, you don't hand it over to them and go, okay, guys, take care of it for me. I mean, I used to do that when I turned in an iPhone, but they'd sit there and show you what they're doing, signing out of this, signing out of that. And, you know, I was kind of new, but now, of course, I know how to do all that myself, and I don't even take mine to the store anymore. They they will send you a box, and you take care of it all and put it in the box and send it in. Yep. Very good. Yeah. And then they give you your credit for the return item, and it shows up on your original form of payment and you get credit for the sales tax and everything. Yep. All right. Well, are we ready? Let's see if we can move on to a different topic. If anyone has something. Um, Chanel, hi, Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. Um, I came across on YouTube uh, you teaching the uh, class, I think it was uh, last year, uh-huh. uh, about the math computer. Um, so is that, uh, is everything the same like it's in the class that you're teaching now? I don't know if that class is finished yet, but I'm just wondering... Is it basically the same? It's basically the only difference is um, I don't think so. I'm not sure if the YouTube one was um, for when we were doing uh, what's uh, Ventura. I'm not sure if it, we were. Um, so some things do change slightly. There was um, a pretty significant change in. Ventura, it's in terms of how system settings is done, um, just the different layout, slightly different layout. But for the most part, everything pretty much stays the same. Um, okay. well, the only thing YouTube doesn't have, of course, is the focus questions <laughs> or the study sessions. Right, but, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the one, the class that you uh just finished or going to be finishing. Is that going to be on YouTube eventually? Yes, it will. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I knew I'm lost, but <laughs> I'll get it. It's okay. Well, you can, anybody, <laughs> you. you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you can always uh, request to be added to the waiting list to take the class. Um, you know, if that ever works out in your schedule, but if not, mm -hmm. we're happy to answer questions for you here or in um, the McIntalk email list or wherever you need. So, okay. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Great. Who would like to ask our next question? This is Tammy. Yes, Tammy, go ahead. I have a question. 
Where can I find more information on Zoom? Because I see, well, I think I might have fixed my problem, but I'm not positive. But I noticed that in Sonoma, I have to um, turn my trackpad on to get things selected for some reason in my um, in my voiceover utility for some strange reason. So when in order to turn QuickNav back on, which I needed to do, I think, because Zoom's not acting right when, with just the arrow keys. So I turned it back on and um, and I had to select it, but I, I seem to have trouble lowering hands. We, I talked about this. So where can I find more information on Zoom on the Mac? If I can. <laughs> Some miracle. You know what? If, I mean, if I were you, I would almost reinstall Zoom and start. I know that sounds weird. Um, I... But as far as, uh, yeah, are there any, does anybody know of good uh, guides for using Zoom on the Mac, I think is what Tammy's asking. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. I don't really know of any good guy. I don't know. I mean, I didn't understand what kind of problem you're having. I mean, I don't, I keep trackpad, I mean, I keep QuickNav off. Is that what you say? You have to turn it on? I had I I turned it back on to see if this would work, and of course, with the last two hosting things that I've done with it, I haven't had to lower anybody's hands. So, unfortunately, I'm not sure if it's going to work or not. But for some reason, when I'm interacting, even though I'm interacting with the table, I'm not able to um, I'm not able to lower hands. Okay. So leave, it's getting leave, crazy. Okay, leave quick nav off first of okay. all. Okay. Then you're going to com- command you will open and close the participants panel. Yeah. Generally, when you open it, your focus is on it. But if right. it's not, you via right, right and left, you find the search that's above the list of participants. You get the participants panel. You're going to interact with it. You're going Correct. to VO right and left arrow. That'll move you up and down. The it's like it's like a table, but it's only got one column. So right. VO right and left. Uh, you can also you, what kind of Mac you use and what kind of keyboards you got. MacBook Air, and I have the regular okay. keyboard right now. Okay, well, that's just you say you're using an external keyboard. No, just the the regular. Okay, app. the one that's on there. Okay. Yep. So, what do you use for your voiceover modifier? Command option or or caps lock? Uh, command option right now. Okay. I have it set to gold. Okay, so. so you get in there, you can hold down command. You hold down your VL you modifier. If option. you press the uh, the FN key, or maybe yours has that little globe symbol meridian. It's the same thing. It's yeah. the FN key. Yeah. Uh, no matter what they call it. Um, and you, and when you hold that key down, it turns your right and left arrow into home and in. So VO and FN and press the left arrow. It'll take you to the top of the, to the panel. VO, uh, FN, right arrow. Take, that's the end key. will take you to the bottom. So right. you can quickly get from the bottom to the top. But generally your hands are all up at the top. The first name at the top is you. The second yeah. name is the host, if it's not you. And then any co-host but between the host and the co-host are the raised hands. You get to somebody, you interact with them, and then VO, right, you'll find a button to lower their hand. You'll find another button to to ask them to unmute. You'll find another button that says yeah. more, and you VO space brown that. It opens like a little shortcut menu with a number of different things in it. Yeah, when you're done, <laughs> you stop interacting to get right. out of that person. And then right. you can VO up and down to other people. That's yeah. pretty much it. Just practice it. Yeah, it's and... just it's, it's 
it's yeah, it's not allowing me to even when I get to the lower hand, it's it's not lowering them when I do this. Are you a host or co-host? Host. It should let you. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I said too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been using it every day for years. It's being and, weird. Well, like Chanel said, go to your um applications menu. Uh, open the shortcut menu and select delete, get rid of it, and then download um, the installer from the the Zoom, the Zoom uh, website, zoom.us forward slash downloads, and uh, just reinstall it and start from scratch. Okay. I will give that a shot. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks, Brad. All right. That's not it's frustrating when programs like to be difficult and yeah. Anyway, who would like to bring up our next topic? Well, one really neat thing that um, I've started doing, and it's pretty in um, Mac OS, oh, whatever we are on now, Sonoma. There we go. You can take websites that you visit often. So we, you know, we've, we add websites to favorites or bookmarks, but you can also go to a website and then in Safari, go to the file menu and there's something called add website to dock. And so it essentially creates like a little, um, well, it puts that website in the dock. It kind of makes, creates it. So it looks like an app in the dock. But um, I've done that for my Wordle, um, for a couple of the Google Sheets that I get too quickly, but it's just nice. In it's an alternate. Um, it's kind of like on your iPhone how you can add a web page to your home screen, so you can just add a web page to your dock on the Mac, and that's one new thing I have tried on my Mac. Is are there any features in Sonoma that I guess Sonoma didn't introduce too much that's new, but. Um, have all of you updated? Are you having any problems with Sonoma? It's been out for a while now, but. Um... This is Charlene. Yes, Charlene. I apologize, Chanel, but I didn't follow that. How did you get that to add to the doc? You went to the website and what did you do? Then I went to the file menu. Um, and then there's an option way down in there called add to doc. And when you do that, then it gives you um, uh, some options. You can choose the name. You can either um, just press enter, VO space, or you can go in and edit the name that it'll be referred to as on the dock. And um, yeah, that's pretty okay. much the only option you can Thanks. change it. Yeah. I didn't realize that you could do that from menu. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's new in Sonoma. I didn't. I discovered it the other day by accident, and then I, 
I think there's some sort of guide about it on Applevis, which I haven't gotten around to reading, but um, yep, it's a new feature. Thank you. Yeah. This is Desi. Yes, Desi. Um, I am wondering, I mean, I know that most people use Safari on the Mac um, because it is the default browser and all that. Um, do other people have experience with using other browsers like Chrome and like like Chanel, do you ever use a different browser besides Safari? But or, but does anybody is it is that really a thing um, that we might want to look into because it might make things easier or different? This, her, this is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So Safari is best at protecting your privacy, but Chrome sometimes does display things a little differently. Um, the Dropbox website is one that I definitely prefer Chrome for over. Um, Safari, the Comcast, uh, if you're a streaming Comcast customer, I like that a little bit better on Chrome than on Safari as well. But, um, so it can display some things differently. I still prefer Safari overall, but there are a couple of sites that I do prefer Chrome for. Mm -hmm. Um, this yeah. is Herbie. Uh, yes, Herbie. Sorry, one other advantage with Chrome, though, is if you were using it previously, like on Windows and you were using it to store your passwords, then you can access those on the, the Safari version of Chrome. So that is another potential advantage if you need to recover passwords for websites that you didn't log into, like on your phone or whatever. Yeah, well, that, that for me wouldn't be a thing. But um, but yeah, I can see that that could be useful for you. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Yeah, I want to second what Herbie said. I use Chrome. I mean, um, I use Safari. 99.9% .9 of the time, you know, but every now and then you will come across a website. Uh, I certainly avoid the Dropbox website like the play because I don't like really need it, but I've never really had a problem with it on, on Safari, but maybe I don't use it enough to have discovered any issues with it. But every now and then you come across a website that um, doesn't render as well in Safari as it does in the Chromium based browser. Um, and by that, you know, Chrome, um, I never liked Edge on the Mac. I tried it. Um, and I haven't tried Brave as well. Um, I didn't like Edge on Windows. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it on Windows either. Uh, and I use Chrome on Windows when I have to. But I've been using Brave more because I just know Google, uh, heart, you know, they, they, they're collecting information. That's how they make their money is by selling advertising. And everything they do is designed to gather data that helps them sell targeted advertising. But there are certain websites that the a Chromium browser and, and Google's probably, um, you know, the best at a Chromium based browser. And there are some websites that just render better on Chrome and perhaps Brave. I haven't really tried it on the Mac in a long time, but they just work better. So I, I keep, you know, you always want another tool in your toolbox. It's like, you know, you've always heard more than one screen reader when you're on Windows. Of course, on Mac, we don't have a choice. There's only one. But, you know, it's just another tool in the toolbox. If things aren't working right or don't seem right on Safari, then check it out under Chrome and you might find that it, it renders better on Chrome. But, um, yeah, I would, it's a good tool to have in your toolbox. 
I think but, to, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, some people, I think Brad has had a better experience using Google Sheets in Chrome as opposed right. to Safari. This is Desi. And um, yeah, Desi. Th that's actually why this came up because um, I, I had a really difficult time with the Google Sheet when I was trying to uh, fill it out for the, um, for the portal, the hosting portal the other day. And um, this is so anyway, Brad and I have been talking about this and, um, okay. And so I was just kind of curious because uh, it, when I, when I opened that sheet the other night, it wasn't, it wasn't populating everything. Like it was showing me the, the names of events, but there was nothing marked in any of the spaces or it was just very weird and very frustrating. And anyway, that's, that's, Aww. Where the basis of this question? Yeah. Okay. This go ahead, Harvey. I will say this much: if I ever get an M1 Mac or M3 or whatever chip it is, I am going to be very like nervous to use, try Safari with a Google Sheets because like everybody that's had an M1 Mac, it seems like you have all these struggles with Google Sheets, and I do not have any problems with Google Sheets on mine. I can open any of the spreadsheets. They immediately pop up. I have the Braille thing turned off, the accessibility turned on, and it just works for me. So, um, and that's on multiple Mac computers too, not just one. Um, so it's Brad. not a fluke. So I don't know what M1 does differently, but yes, Brad. Yeah, yeah I don't ahead, really Brad. think it's got anything to do with M1 no. versus Intel. Um, I use my, uh, I use Chrome for the uh, portal and the scheduling work, because I think the sheets work better if you're signed in and I don't want to be signed in on the browser. I use all the time. So I use Chrome only for those, those, those two um, sites for those, those Google sheet sites. And I stay signed in and I keep them open, you know, all the time. And that's the only thing I'm using Chrome for. Now, time time to time, I might need to use Chrome for something. I needed to use it for something the other day. And I just open it, open another window, do what I've got to do in it. And when I'm done, I close that window and leave the uh, the portal and the uh, uh, schedule. You know, they're, they're tabs in their own window. And I just leave them there. But um, I don't want to be signed in when I'm doing all the rest of my stuff on the internet, which is what I do that on Safari um, mostly. Sense. So that's another issue, but I don't really know that, it's, you know, I don't care for Google docs and sheets anyway. Uh, I put Me up too. with it, <laughs> I put up with it, but um, which is one reason why, um, you know, I don't know if Safari is really the issue or if it's just my lack of, shall we say competence in using the Google Sheets and Docs, and I've never even bothered to mess with slides. But um, so I don't know if the this experience is, is really any difference on M1 versus Intel. Okay, I think I heard Herbie. Um, Chanel, you can speak to this more, but I feel like you've had a little bit more problems with Google Sheets with your. Um, especially the newer Google Sheet on your um, um, M1 Mac than you did on the uh, old Intel. I don't know. I still had a problem when in. I mean, I I always figured out how to work around it, but 
Uh, one th thing was really weird with, so I was having no luck in that hosting portal a couple weeks ago. Um, and so what I ended up doing is I thought, okay, I'm going to try this in Google Chrome. So I went into my address bar in Safari and copied the link. Well, or no, maybe I copied it from the email. I don't remember. But anyway, um, I thought, okay, and I'm going to paste this into Chrome. Well, I didn't have Chrome. Um, I thought I did. So I ended up just going into Safari, making sure I had a blank page, blank address bar, pasted the link again uh, from the link that I just copied, and then it worked just fine. So don't ask me. Um, sometimes I think, you know, I have on some sheets, I have a problem if somehow I've been signed into, because Safari does store information or Google or whatever, the fact that you have used two accounts. I mean, you still ultimately pick which account you're assigned into, but if I was signed into more than one in the past, it'll say, you know, you're signed in with blah, 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 and then you have to choose an okay button. And um, so just those things, because I'm managing, you know, several Google accounts, but, and that's where Brad has a point that, you know, it might be better to do some of that in Chrome. Um, but I think like Brad, that it's, I don't think it's so much an M1 or an Intel Mac. It's just the finickiness of the sheets and the competence or lack thereof of uh, me, the user. So there you go. But hopefully um, Desi can have a better experience with sheets in Google Chrome. And um, yeah, I know um, some things work I like the Braille support, for instance, does not work in Google Sheets, but accessibility does. So um, anyway, does anyone have a new question? Raheel? Yes, Raheel? Um, number one is, what's the shortcut command to open up music? And number two is, how do you authorize Apple Music to play on your Mac and also how um yeah and 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 how do you authorize that and then and then number 3 is when I was at the um Apple store they some some like the guy that was selling me the Mac told me that it was a 2023 M2 MacBook Air and I'm like well that's kind of wrong and then I looked at my settings and it's a 2022 how could this be hmm. okay so how to get this, to yeah go brad. ahead brad yep the guy was bsing you i mean you want to know what it is go to vom go to the menu bar go to the apple menu go to about this mac it'll tell you right there what it is the guy at the store told you anything other than what you're told and about that Mac, he is incorrect. And I can't remember when the M2 MacBook Airs came out. Did they come out last fall, I believe, November? What were they? I don't remember. Didn't when they come they out in March or, or what was it in March? They may have come out this year, in which case they are 2023. But go with what about this Mac says, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't trust that the guy in the store knows what he's talking about. That's number one rule. Right. 
as far as your shortcut to music, I'm not aware that there is one. Go to the doc. You'll find music, V-O-D, type M-U. You're on music. Hit enter. It'll open. As far as authorizing, go to the menu when in when in the music app. Go to the menu bar. There's an item there. I believe it says accounts. Arrow down, and you'll find something that says authorize this computer. It says something like that. You'll find it when you get to it. And you, it'll want you to sign in and sign in with your Apple ID or whatever app ID you use for the uh, – it's your Apple ID. I don't think it's – same thing like for the App Store. You'll need to sign in for the App Store as well. I don't make you sign in the first time you buy anything. Because yeah, I'm already signed in, but I I have trouble. I can't get Apple Music to play for some reason. Go to that accounts menu and make sure that you've signed that you've authorized the computer. Yep. Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right. Who else would like to have a turn? This is Brad. I'm looking at the music app right now. When you go to that accounts menu at the top, there's a place where it shows my name and it says sign out. And and it shows, so it shows I'm signed in, but farther on down is an item that says authorize, authorize this computer and you uh, submenu. So I, I right arrow and it opens up the submenu and there's an item that says authorize this computer but of course it's already authorized and i believe underneath it is one that says deauthorize because you can only authorize so many devices i think it's five so your iphone an ipad a mac you know another device but you can only access your apple music you know account which is also access with your apple id on i think it's five how do you devices. get it how do you get it to play though from the library or from anywhere uh go to the sidebar go to a category like albums and stop interacting with the sidebar vo right arrow till you get to the albums grid or whatever then interact with it vo right arrow to an album and vo spacebar it'll open the album you navigate it's very to me it's very uh um, laborious, but you can go to a, you may be able to go to an album and open a, con- a shortcut menu and just say play. I can't remember. But um, to be honest with you, I keep my music it's on the Mac, but I tend to play it using an iOS device. It's just easier. I even have a, I have my wife's old iPhone and I use that for only to play music on and I'll play it through a Bluetooth speaker or a HomePod or something like that. But there you um, go. it's just easier on the iOS device. But but you can do it. Just interact, 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 interact. It's just, you know. Yeah. Does anyone else like to use Apple Music to play stuff? Or do you use a different 
uh, player. I, I like Brad. I, I use my iOS device. Um, this is Brad here. I'm yeah, in Brad. it now and I just found the fastest way. I'm in the music app V O F N right arrow takes me to, you know, that's V O N D E N D and the grid albums grid. Cause I'm by default, it's on the album. I'm on the grid. I interact and it started out with, I start out with the, you know, the, the A's and you can always just type the first couple of letters of an artist like S T E E. It'll take me to steely Dan. And then I'm at that point in the list and, you know, I can start from there and find what I want. VO spacebar, open it up, you know. Yep. And then there's a bunch of stuff in there. So it's Mary Ellen. Okay. So I think we had Herbie and then Mary Ellen. So I love, um, I love Apple music personally. Um, I use it all the time for my main music player. I did use Tidal back in the day, um, and then Apple Music introduced the high-quality music, So, and uh, I ditched Tidal in, in exchange for Apple Music. Spotify is accessible on the Mac. It does look like it's user-friendly, but you know, Apple Music I just prefer, especially I, I like it better on the phone, to be fair, but I still use it a lot on the computer. You can access your playlists. It's very easy to add things to the library. Now, one problem I do have is sometimes it takes you're a while for multiple computers. And you're thumping or whatever. Popping. Okay, is that better? I should not be popping now. I don't know. Um, okay, so basically I like the fact that I don't like that multiple computers sometimes seem to take longer to sync up, especially older ones, and that is a little bit annoying. So sometimes I have to wait for things to sync up a little bit, but... Um, in general, yeah, I Apple the music app that's built in here app is uh, beautiful. It works really well, and um, yeah, you, I encourage people to definitely uh, give it a try. All right, thank you, and Mary Ellen. Why couldn't he just have Siri play whatever he wants to hear? Oh, that's a thought. Yeah, this, this is her. Yes, Herbie. I think it does work on the Mac, yes. Having Siri based stuff. All right, yeah. Sometimes I just think Siri is not always very cooperative, misunderstands you, but when she does, um, that's great. Yeah, especially if you know what you want to play. If you don't really, my problem is I never know exactly what I want to listen to. Is it Desi? Yes, Desi. I am also, like you and Brad, I tend to want to play music from my iOS device. I actually have both uh, my iPhone and I have an iPad mini six and, um, and I will, I will play music from one of those two things, um, before I do it from the Mac, partly that's because I do have a Mac mini and I don't have speakers hooked up to it. So, the little speaker in it is is okay if you aren't using headphones i mean it gets the job done but it wouldn't be what i would want to listen to my music on um so anyway that's just me and that's how i do it that's awesome yeah Raheel, so nice to be portable with our music uh, yeah sorry go ahead Raheel. um 
So I tried the, when I was on the logon screen, you know how you have to sign in when you power up your computer? Uh-huh. Um, I was at the logon screen and it only shows one voice at the logon screen, which is the female voice, Samantha or whatever, telling me to log in instead of Alex, like the old Mac, the way I had it set up to have Alex at the logon screen. But then once I logged in, I got the Alex voice downloaded, but Alex doesn't say log in. So how do I get that set up for the logon screen to get Alex back on the logon screen to tell me when to log in instead of hearing the uh, Samantha voice all the time? Thank you. Okay. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Do you use... um... Oh, God, why can't I say encrypted? What's it called, Chanel? Because I don't use it. Use. Um, file, um, uh, whatever it is, the, something vault. Yeah, file vault. Do you use file vault? Oh, file vault. Probably vaults. you do yeah. because it wants you to do it by default when you set up your Mac. That could be the problem. Is it, Chanel? Yeah. I don't use it. I do. And I'm use- able to open the. The speech attributes rotor, VO, command, shift, right, left arrow, and change my voices. And you said all you've got is Samantha. Uh, and that could be it because you've got File Vault and it may not let you change the voice. Oh, I will try that next time. I'm on. Go ahead, Herbie. So you're, so you're trying, you're unable to change voices on the, at log- the, at on the, the log on screen. Yeah, log on. Okay. So. Okay, that'll be interesting if you can do it with the file vault off. I thought you were stuck with whatever voice it gave no, you by default. I do it with I the file wonder... vault off. Yes. Okay, but could you? Could does it use the actual voiceover voice, or does it use the announcement voice? Yeah, I think it uses the. It actually uses the actual voiceover voice. I think. Because if it uses the announcement voice, it's then you can actually change it under speech, not under um, the voice of utility or the VO rotor. Okay, go um, ahead, Desi. I um I can tell you that on my Mac Mini, which I bought earlier this year, um it it does uh, on the login screen. It does default, or it did default. Oh, I think mine still does, but I did turn off File Vault. But anyway, it defaults to the Samantha voice. It's not that other voice that um. That we hear sometimes. Uh, it's, uh, it's no, well, no, no. Um, the one that makes announcements <laughs> sometimes. It's not friend. Samantha, but yeah, yeah. Because I want to be able to ha- get that back on, and I don't know how to turn off Fire File Vault. Okay, well, you can turn off File Vault in System in uh, Security and Privacy. Maybe it's called privacy and security, but um, I'll have to look the next time in, in File Vault. I have no desire to change the voice there because, after all, I'm just logging in. And then after I've logged in, I get the voice that I want. So um, I will see what happens when I do that. But otherwise, like they said, you'd probably have to turn File Vault off to get your default voice at the logon. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I mean, I know that when I went from Monterey to Ventura, 
the default voice changed from Alex that I had to Samantha. And I had to go into my voice over utility, go to voices and download Alex, which had been the default voice since as long as I've been using a Mac. Um, and once I downloaded it, I then was able to change my voice when I was signed in, of course, back to Alex. Um, but on the login screen, it was still Samantha. And all I had to do was open the voice attributes rotor, go to voices, and there was Alex and change to it. But again, I'm not using File Vault. So I'm again, that's why I'm wondering. But Raheel, when you got your Mac, did you have to download Alex or was it just there? When I got my Mac, I had to download Alex. Okay. And um and all that. Okay. And then I had to That's what I thought. Did you have to upgrade to Sonoma or was your new Mac already on Sonoma? I had to upgrade to Sonoma. Okay. It was in the box sitting in inventory and it was still on Ventura. Okay. Yes. Yes. And yeah. and also how accessible is the recovery option if you forgot your log on password and because I had to call accessibility and they told me to like, I never forgot mine. Click with the trackpad to get to recovery assistant or something like that. Like how how accessible is that? Does anybody always been accessible? You just turn on voiceover and it where you may have to do command F five to turn it on, but whenever I've been in recovery, it's always been accessible. It might not have the good voice. It used to be, I haven't been in it in a while, but it used to have the Fred voice, which is horrible. If I did forget the password in the future, though, how would I get recovery assistant going and not have to click the mouse to go back and forth? It is, so when you, I forget what it, on the M1s, you hold down the power button and just don't let go and it goes into recovery. That's right. And then once you're in there, uh, you can uh, navigate, you may have to turn voice, you know, VOF5, Command F5 to turn voiceover on. And then you should be able to navigate around. Now, I have come across something where I had to um, click on something. VO spacebar wouldn't do it. So uh, I can't remember if I cheated because I have a little bit of vision and moved the mouse to it. Or if I routed the mouse using VO Command F5 should route the mouse to the voiceover cursor and then VO shift space bar should do a mouse click. I bet that once voiceover is running, that should work. Yep. I haven't been in it in so long. Yeah. You have to do it when you're setting up some of the rogue amoeba products. And yeah, that was the last, last time that's I was a, um, a while back. So. It's Mary Ellen. Um, I yes, have a Mary question. Ellen. I have a question about that. Uh, I have my computer set up since I'm the only one using it where I don't have to log in at the start screen or, you know, when you boot it up. And if you do the recovery and you hold your power button in, I mean, I've never done this, and um, is it different if you don't have to log in? Or, I mean, I don't know how this works. I 
I I know if I hold the the power button, it turns the computer off. So I I'm I don't understand this. I mean, why they have it that way? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Well, why they have it that way is a question for Apple, but um, because it's different than it used to be. There was a keyboard command, right? In and and I think this is actually better. Because you had to start it, and then you had to wait, and at the right moment after you heard a tone, and I don't even hear a tone anymore. I have a Mac Studio. It boots up so fast, it doesn't even play the tone. But maybe that's also because my default speaker is the speakers that are in my monitor, and I have that those turned all the way down so that I never hear them because I use AirPods when I'm on the thing so that nobody but me hears my screen reader. But first of all, you shouldn't be turning off your computer by pushing the power button you should go to the Apple menu and find shutdown and do a proper shutdown. Well, yeah, uh, that's right. And let it go and let it go through the sequence. But to get into the recovery mode, you reach around to the back and you've got the power button on your Mac studio, right? Or on a Mac mini, pretty much the same thing. Or on a MacBook air, it's on the keyboard where the touch ID sensor is. Press that down and don't let go. No matter what your button is, if it's on the Mac Studio, Mac Mini, it's on the back, laptop, MacBook, it's on the keyboard, press it, and don't let go. And it will eventually go into recovery mode. Now, if you can't see anything, you're just going to have to sit there and wait about 30, 40 seconds and go, it must be there because it's not going to say nothing and you're not going to hear a sound. And after a while, you're, you're just going to have to, Go, okay, it must be there. So you let go of that button and then just wait a little longer in case it's still loading up, which it probably isn't. 30, 45 seconds, it should be there. Uh, Do Command F5 and it should just start talking. Okay, well, I can hear the chime when I, you know, when it starts up. I rarely Mm -hmm. shut down. I mean, I think I've shut down maybe once since I've had this computer. Right. Because I just leave it on. Well, we start it every now and then. But yeah, yeah, so do I. I leave mine on unless I go out of town. Why not hold the power button to turn it off sometime? Because that's but not the right that's way to do it. That's not the right way. No, it's not. You want it to go through a proper that. shutdown sequence. And it cleans up files and it does a little housekeeping when it shuts down. And I have a tip for that shutdown sequence. So sometimes um, one of my students in this class was asking I, uh, about, you know, why when they turn on, they, you know, would bo- take the at time to close down a bunch of apps and stuff before turning off the computer. And then they'd start it up and all the apps would uh, be there again. And the reason is... When you start, before you shut down or restart, there is a box, and it only needs to be checked once, but you go into your um, Apple menu with VOM, and down to shut down or restart, and um, if you want to bypass the screen altogether, you can go to that shut down or restart, and then you can hold down the option key while pressing enter, but if you don't want to bypass that screen, and you might not want to the first time, because what you'll do is you'll press VO space or enter on shutdown or restart, and then you will uh, VO right and find a box that says reopen uh, 
windows when logging back in and you want to make sure that is unchecked and that will really give your Mac a clean restart. So, And you will um, never have to touch that checkbox again, again. unless yep. you want them to, to reopen and I don't. No, neither do I. Mm-hmm. And That's how you do. properly shut down. You do not press the power button. Unless, you know, the only reason you do that is if voiceover is just not responding. But even then, you should be able to restart it. Um, you can always do command option escape to bring up a menu or a dialogue that shows uh, your apps that are open. And so you can close or force quit a difficult app, um, but never just hold the button to restart. Mm-hmm. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. And since Chanel already told the secret about once you're on shutdown, hold the option key and hit hit enter, and it will it will just shut down. You'll bypass that shutdown dialog. But once you V O M and you're on the Apple menu, hit the down arrow. You could down arrow key. I think you got at least do that. You could just type F H and it'll jump you straight to shutdown. Then hold the option key or R E for well R E is restore. Um, if you want to is restart, uh, you got to yeah. type R-E-S, R-E-S-T, because R-E-S will also go to, um, no, R-E-C, recently used apps. You go R-E-S, you have to go to restart. But I yes. just shut down. S-H takes you to shut down, option, enter. It just shuts it down. Yes. Very nice. Thank you very much for that information. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and, Finder opens up automatically. Is there a way to get rid of that so it doesn't? Okay, so we are we are kind of losing. I want to, um, well, just real quick, Finder always stays open. But um, is there anybody else with a question during this last, we're almost done, but if you have a question, now is your chance to ask. And if you don't, that's fine too, but. Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa, go ahead. Hi. Could you recommend a Bluetooth uh, keyboard um, oh. that I could have with the Mac? I can tell you my favorite one. Well, actually, um, mine is the Apple Magic Keyboard with numeric keypad, but that's the full size. Um, that is a mm-hmm. little bit more pricey. Um I know that some people really like the, even just the regular Apple Magic Keyboard, the regular size. Um, I, some people use Logitech. Um, okay. So else? why is the one that you have? Why is the one that you have? Why is it pricey? What's the difference? Why is it? Because it has like or? a full set of. Key, it has the numeric keypad. Um, to the right um okay and so mm-hmm. and it has the full like it has 19 function keys it has the mm-hmm. you know six pack with the home page up page down right. and um, yeah FM. Nice. so it's, okay. it's a um it's a pretty it's you know it's a the it's mm-hmm. a low profile keyboard but it's still you know it's it's um like the, the keys Apple. are pretty flat you get what to you it. You pay for. Yeah, you do. Okay. Okay. 
Can you use that also, like, because uh, one time I was listening to something with Free, and he had a keyboard, and it had three. Like if you push one, I guess that would go for the iPhone. Then if you push nope. another, it's for the pad. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's a oh, Logitech okay. thing. Yeah, if you want something like that, do Logitech. This is right, Desi. Here's, okay. Here's, here's, here's I the also... problem with Logitech. I've had one before. And I wasn't able to change the behavior of the F keys so that you have to mm. hold down VO and the FN key in order for the F keys to perform as regular F keys instead of hardware keys. And on their full size keyboard, the FN key is in the six pack. So you cannot hold down a voiceover modifier, an FN key, and then you need a third hand to hit the F keys. So I got one. Um, I thought it was a nice keyboard. I got it out 10 minutes later. It was back in the box on its way back to Amazon. I said, that's, (laughs) it's no good because that option to change the behavior of F keys does not show up in keyboard preferences for some reason. Unfortunately with a Logitech, you have to use their proprietary software called Logic tech options or logie options which is somewhat accessible so yeah i've i've played around it's doable but uh desi go ahead i was just gonna say that i have the same keyboard that chanel has and i love mine um it's just got everything there that you could possibly want um and you know it's apple so it just works Mm -hmm. okay thank you guys wow yeah you're welcome you pair no, it just by connecting about... it to the computer with a wire. Oh, yeah. It don't even have to go to a pair. You just connect it with a wire. little thing yep. pops up on the screen, and it is just paired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. okay. It's automagic. <laughs> and Chanel, I think oh, you're talking huh? about the, num- the number pad, number pad, right? Where the enter's on the all the way to the right, like a standard desktop. Is that yes. what you're talking about? Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, very good. Well, we have five minutes. Um, Does anyone have a question during this last little bit of time? Yes, Dan, go ahead. On that on that last point about the Logitech uh, keyboard, you say you have to connect it with a wire. Uh, where do you plug it in on a MacBook Air? So he was talking about connecting the Apple Magic keyboard with a um, wire, and that automatically pairs it. Um, but that plugs into one of the USB-C ports on the keyboard, or on the, the Mac, because um, it's a USB-C cable that comes with it, or lightning Oh, okay, so you just plug it into a lightning USB. on one end and yeah, lightning USB-C on one end. on the other. Yeah, plug it into USB USB A. Yep. Just plug it into USB C. Yeah, just plug it in USB C on the computer. There's a lightning port on the the you know the back side by the F keys on the keyboard, and it will just automatically pair with any Mac. Yep. And that cable comes with the keyboard, right? Yes, it does. Yes. 
this is the the magic key apple magic keyboard logitech right. some, some keyboards no. have batteries some have no no, no i'm just interested this you guys is herbie. Got me okay. magic keyboard that's the yeah. best way to go i think it is yes herbie go ahead I was just going to mention for not for the MacBook Air, this is irrelevant, but if you have like say a Mac mini, um, no, you should, I would think be able to use a USB A port as well. If that's the type of cord you have to connect your keyboard. So I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Either one works. All right. Brad, they also sell a version of the keyboard, both with and without touch ID sensor. And if you're buying one for like a Mac mini Mac studio, something like that, it isn't a laptop with a built-in keyboard. We're going to find out. You, you want to go ahead and spend a little bit more and get the one with the Touch ID sensor if you are wanting to use this keyboard with a MacBook Pro or MacBook Air. Since that key has a built-in keyboard and a Touch ID sensor on it, you do not need to buy one. I'm not even sure that a second I, uh, Touch ID sensor would even work. Because it's got one built in. I don't know. Chanel, what do you have? Um, but I was thinking you'd save yourself some money. You don't need a second Touch ID sensor, even if it doesn't No, work. you don't. I, I'm still using the, my keyboard from several years ago. Um, and it does not have a Touch ID. It's just, it's easy to reach over to my Mac and yeah. touch the Touch ID sensor. That or my Apple Watch, you know. Yeah, I um, have two of them. I have one that I use with my Mac Studio that does have a Touch ID sensor. And I have one that I've had for several years that I pair with my MacBook Pro, and I, it's it's thin, and I could stick it in my suitcase. No, I, said, I, I, mean, I said I Sorry, I think Kirby was unmuted. Go ahead, yeah. anyway, Brad. It, it's just it's it's light and it's easy. Uh, I'll take it when I travel because I'm not crazy about doing long term typing on the MacBook Pro's keyboard. I bump the right trackpad. I do all kinds of stuff, and I like having a num num full keyboard with a numpad. Yeah, me too. Although I don't, I, I don't know that we were kind of having a debate the other day about using the numpad um, for numbers. As a, I think it's easier if I'm already typing just to type the numbers, use the numbers on the number row, but to each it's their own. It's a personal own, preference. It yeah. is a personal preference. I hate so. the number for numbers. <laughs> That's just me. Okay. Well, you and Herbie both then. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. We will see you, you. Um, back in iBug for all of our other events and then Mac and Talk on the 28th of November. So, Chanel, this yes. is Desi. Just real quickly, I just had to comment about that. I feel the same way you do. I love the number row. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's a girl guy thing. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Me too. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys. Thank you. Have a great evening. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.